We'd like to give a big thanks to our partners over at White Rock Decoys. Be a nomad and get out further with more decoys with their lightweight system of windsocks, silhouettes, and fully collapsible floater decoys. Use subscription code DUCKGUNPOD at checkout to get 10% off on White Rock Decoys and products. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. And... If you guys didn't notice, this is actually not the normal day for a podcast. So me and Elliot have decided we're going to have a weekly hunt update. We're going to be posting it weekly on Fridays. So this is the big announcement for it. So be looking for it. This is the first one. We got the second one recorded already. And every Friday, we're going to be putting out our weekly hunt videos, updates from the prior week's hunts. So be looking forward to that, guys. Um, We're pumped to be doing that. And yeah, so without any further ado, this week we're going to be talking about till hunting and our plans going into it. So let's jump right into the podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan Fromer from Duck Gun Chronicles on YouTube. Got my co-host, Elliot Freelance, on YouTube as well. And we got our guest for tonight, Iowa Plainsman. How you doing, man? Good, good. How you guys doing? Doing Good. Great. Thank you for joining us. We've been wanting to have you on for quite a while, so this ought to be fun talking teal hunting, dove hunting. Everyone's, I think, foaming at the mouth at this point, right? <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. Ready to go. So, what what are your plans? What's your hunt calendar look like for the next from now until the next couple of weeks? Um. So Saturday is our teal opener here in Iowa. Um. We're going to go get an early start, you know, to opener. So we're going to try and beat the crowds. Uh, Saturday morning, we're going to hunt Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Labor Day weekend. So we're going to get an extra hunt day. Um, we're going to hunt all, well, all three days this weekend. And then, you know, next weekend, there's two days. And then our, our teal season is actually three weeks. I don't know if it's that way nationwide. Is that the same for you guys, too? We've got three weeks. Yeah. We okay. got three, three weekends. Three, three weeks. weekends. Yeah. Yep, same here. How's your scouting looking? Um, scouting's been kind of tough this year. We've had sort of a weird weather situation in Iowa. We had um, quite a bit of flooding. It was actually the weekend I went down for the survival challenge. We got like 10 inches of rain in a few few hours around this area. So it brought all that water down river and flooded out a lot of the, uh, the riparian areas that we'd hunt before, fell off a lot of the vegetation, but then some of the other parts of the state are in a drought still. So some of the spots have dried up and some are flooded out. Um, scouting's been rough, but we got a few spots with some birds. Sweet. Yeah. You guys seeing the same kind of thing? Is it, how's the weather looking for you guys over there? Jordan, how about you? Uh, weather's, weather's fine here. We've been, we don't, I don't think we got as hit as hard um, in the yeah. drought as you guys did, um, or Kansas as well. So weather's fine here. Uh, it could cool down. We've had a little. We had a little bit of a cool run about last week, and maybe 
about yesterday as well. It was pretty cool. You know, we've been getting in the lower 50s in the morning, so I'm sure that's going to get some of the birds moving in the area. And um, unfortunately, unfortunately, though, looking at the weather forecast this week, is going to be like 80s and upper 80s. Um, and I was hoping it cool down a little bit before that. So, um, but honestly, I haven't been out scouting a ton. We still got, we don't start this weekend. We start the weekend after. And, um, I do plan, you know, this next week to get out a couple times, but on our opener, I'm actually traveling about four hours South to get on some teal. So <laughs> I can't really scout ahead of time for that as well. Yeah. It makes it count out. That's the weekend of the eighth that you're going down south. Yep. Jordan. Yeah, yeah. That I'm going down there the eighth, and then the next weekend I'm actually going. Um, I'm meeting up with uh, Quack Addicts. I don't know if you guys know him or not, but he's from Kentucky, and in Kentucky they have uh, a teal wood duck season, and I'm super excited about that because getting to shoot some early wood ducks is going to be pretty cool. <laughs> And those guys seem to shoot quite a few ducks. I've been watching a few of their videos lately on Quack Addicts. They, they seem like they do pretty well, don't they? Um, I'm not. Honestly, I'm not too sure. Usually they hunt in small groups, like just him and one of his buddies. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like they do well. Um, I guess, yeah, I'm not I'm not positive if that's just they only put up the good hunts or if they just do well all the time. Um, I guess I'll find out more when I go hunt with them. I'll ask some of those questions. <laughs> yeah. So you're hunting the one weekend in Indiana and then the next weekend in Kentucky. Yep. And you have a third weekend or you guys just have two? No, we have a third weekend. Um, so you'll, yeah. you'll hunt back around your locally or what will you do the third weekend? Yeah, I'll probably hunt locally. I mean, it just depends how it goes. Um, I was talking to one of the the viewers as well because he hunts in southern Indiana and, and he was telling me how good their dove is as well. So we'll see. Hopefully for us it's going to be teal in the morning, dove in the afternoon. Um, and if we see any, we got early goose going at the same time. So if we see any geese, I'll be after them as well. So I got some early goose spots. I'm going to hunt during weekdays. It, honestly, my schedule is pretty loaded. So hopefully it all goes as planned. It never does. And I'm going to end up getting skunked every day, but <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if you, if you hunt those early geese, are you going to put out your full white rock spread for those? Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Get some oh, wind socks and so silhouette, silhouettes. I hope you do that because I really want to see those. I can't wait to use them and I can't wait to see them in action. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking all the different ways that I can use um, these white rock decoys. And if you guys are just listening for the first time, um, I'm switching over to all white rock decoys and got a ton of socks and silhouettes and of geese and, and ducks. So I'm just really excited to put out bigger, decoy spreads i was actually talking to a local manager around here on the phone tonight and i got some bad updates from him but um there's some gonna be some flooded corn around and i'm gonna try to use those huge white rock spreads and those so i mean i'm so excited i really hope that you get on some of those early geese because we don't have that here um we we have our early goose is basically two days like um the opening weekend of regular duck season you can shoot geese that weekend and that's essentially our early goose Hmm. So I wish we don't have we don't have geese around. We get early goose as well. We get our limits are higher. We get five per person. Yeah, man, Kansas has gone so liberal on their limits. I mean, when they moved up to six geese, that's just so many. I mean, it was two, not too long ago. They moved up to three, and that's your like, regular okay, season as well. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. That's crazy. Do they have a, yeah. a, a goose season in Iowa? Early goose season uh, at all? Yeah, they do a... It's not like a statewide thing, but they do a metro goose. It's like a conservation. Uh, kind of more urban areas. That'd um, be cool. <laughs> and, it, and it is more of the limits, too. Um, our goose limit regularly is two until the first of November, and then it's three. But for metro elevation season, that's five. Hmm. Um, it's actually an area um, that we might go and try and do teal and metro goose ne- next weekend. See yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, that that will be. As far as our teal hunting goes, and we are yeah. we are not sure what to do. I mean, we are in. We have not had this lack of water since 2012, when all of the Midwest was in an official drought. And the main two complexes that we hunt, one of them, um, they're not going to be able to pump at all because they only have junior water rights. Apparently, when it goes to pumping. You have senior water rights and junior water rights. And everyone, they started these rights, whoever applied for them then got the senior water rights, meaning they can basically pump no matter what the situation. And then anyone, like any new pumps that go in, those are always junior water rights, which means everyone with senior water rights gets what they need. And then if there's any left, then the junior water rights get that. And um, so one of the complexes we hunt, they're not going to be able to pump at all this year. And then... The guy I just talked to today, they've got a, just a couple pool of senior water rights and the rest are junior. So for teal season, basically, we've got almost nothing to even scout in this part of the state. So we're either going to have to drive three hours um, or we're thinking about maybe hunting the Kansas River. I mean, we saw teal there um, in the spring. So we're, we're going to scout the Kansas river and see, cause there's just not any hardly water around. So I think that there'll probably be some teal on the river, but we are really, really hurting as far as teal hunting goes, um, around the state, around all of the state right now, even our, even our spots three hours West are desperately hurting for water. So if we don't get a lot of rain, not just teal season, but main duck season is going to be a totally different situation because we're going to be scrounging for places to hunt so it it ought to be it ought to be which consolidates the hunters when you have that so it ought to be interesting it's going to be an interesting year for sure well you might be surprised though with the rivers i think that might be a good opportunity to get out you got nothing to lose so um you know you might find you like the rivers better than some of the marsh sections you hunt regularly Um, well if we can go, if we can go into the river on a teal hunt and get three passes, we'll be happy. It's such a fun environment. If we can get good three solid passes and just hang out, we'll we'll be perfectly happy with that. Yeah, uh, I, I've had some hunts on the rivers as well, like uh, for teal. Um, you know, I, I don't think we necessarily get them in my area as well as some other areas, but. Uh, in the section of river I hunted, we've, we got some till at least. So, um, like you've said, there's a lot of, there's always a lot of birds, um, in, in the river, anywhere you go. So kind of, a a fell safe, a, yeah, a yeah. system that they can't fail you on that at least. <laughs> so Zach, how many different teal spots do you, would you think you have, like if you were to stop and count them, like when you decide where you're going about how many options would you say you have well this year there's a lot less um we probably have four right now we can go and they have 
water, cover food and birds. Um, usually it's a tough decision to actually pick where we want to go. Um, you know, that's kind of what we're kind of fortunate with is we're spoiled for choice when it comes to teal line uh, locations, but this year probably about four or so. And I don't think we've hunted, well, we've only hunted one of them before. The other ones will be all new because a lot of our spots are either dried up or ruined from flooding. So are you, oh, will you put out a video regardless of what happens this weekend then? Oh yeah. Yeah. And I always try and put out a video on any of the hunts, you know, win or lose. Um, but yeah, no matter what happens this weekend, I'm going to have probably one video per hunt. So there should be three videos, uh, unless something crazy happens. Now, what will, what will your upload schedule be on those? How will you, um, download upload those time time wise um i have a really strict schedule uh, i haven't gotten to the point yet where i've you know i've come up with something you know, by five o'clock every wednesday or anything like that but um the first hunt hopefully the first two hunts should be up the following week but you you don't you don't have particular days you just when you get them edited you put them out the next day basically yeah yeah i mean as soon as you know if it's like 11 o'clock at night or midnight or whatever um, I won't have a chance to see them, so I don't put them online then. But yeah, basically, as soon as they're edited, uh, they'll go up. So I, I should come up with a, a little bit stricter schedule, I suppose, for people to follow my channel, make sure they're getting the content regularly. But thus far, I have not been able to do that. I don't worry about that on uh, on hunt, hunt videos because I just kind of like to put them out the day after I edit them. Like, as far as like maybe if you're doing like kind of educational videos, like, uh, like how to's or talking about like ammo or whatever you want. Sometimes I, I have like specific, like this day of the week and I'll do it scheduled. But as far as the hunts, usually I just want to get them out as soon as they're edited, which is like the next day. And opposed to waiting to like a Wednesday, I don't, I don't think there's a big deal in waiting in my opinion or doing it immediately opposed to waiting. Yeah. How long do you guys usually spend editing on your hunt videos? Yeah. You got really to <laughs> Too long <laughs> yeah that's probably like it's embarrassing to say but i'm not gonna short short change it either i'd say eight to ten hours yeah that's probably right yeah i think so it depends on what the hunt is i mean there's some rare ones that i can get out in four hours and that's up you know i mean from start to the very finish but i'd say eight ish is probably pretty realistic too for me yeah eight to 12 probably for me if it's a slow hunt it's just a lot faster editing you know it's just sequence wise yeah. it goes from a to b really quickly so just kind of get it done put it out but yeah i've got a lot faster than i used to be but <laughs> yeah well and the more and i'm adding more and more cameras all the time so i'm up to three cameras now and if my dad uses his four so every time i add you add an extra camera it complicates the time frame i think I'm cutting it off at three. I'm done. No more cameras. <laughs> yeah. I've, I well, guess I've done a few times with four. It's just like you said, it complicates it. Like you're looking for footage and then you're like, um, oh, maybe I'll get like the B shot over here and you get like another angle of the same thing just to like change it up. I'm like, but how much production value am I actually adding opposed yeah. to like how much time did I just add for the edit? And like at some point you're, you're, you're coming across like diminishing returns. You're like, Oh, I got this different angle, but like it's not changing the experience for anybody. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. I've, I have, I want four and I have specific roles for each four. 
which will, I think, make things easier. So I want a GoPro right down in the decoys. And I want a GoPro pointing at all of us because I've not done a good job of showing us shooting. And then I want a camera on my neck for conversation. And then I want a camera for whoever's filming for kill shots. So each one's going to have yeah. its specific purpose. And I think that... Um, I think that that will serve its purpose. Someone just said I look depressed. I need to smile. <laughs> 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 Elliot looks depressed. Uh, I'm t- Elliot's tired. I mean, <laughs> teaching little kids all the day, they will, they will wear you out. Let me tell you, you got 20 kids running around screaming. So I'll try to yeah, look happier. Going back to the cameras, like I, I guess, yeah, I kind of agree. Like in a perfect world, you would have four. Uh, I would do mine a little different than you because you have one you have one in the the decoys right so in a perfect world i'd have two gopros yeah in the back kind of crossed like at 45 degree angles getting the whole view and then i don't have to have like one on like super wide that way you get everything that happens in front of you and it's behind you so you're getting yourself shooting as well and then that's kind of currently what i do and then my third camera is the camera for like vlogging and talking and tone telling the story how what's going on and then the fourth in a perfect world i'd have a cameraman that (laughs) shoots the kill shots for me so that'd be perfect what do you do as far as your cameras well i've got uh had a couple of action cams and then i just got i got a handy cam this year too canon vixia hfr 800 so uh that'll be kind of a my blind cam be able to film some more conversation and stuff like that that i didn't get on the action cams um so i've got three right now um my buddy of mine's talking about using his um his gopro too but like we talked about earlier i don't know if i want to go through all that extra video to get an extra angle or two but i'll i'll try it out we'll see yeah do you not jordan do you have a a camera guy that films your kill shots or how do you how you know pretty much the only kill shots i get i just have it uh like i was saying i have the gopros and they're not like super um, I, I try not to have it super wide. Uh, it's still not perfect, like Elliot's saying. Like Elliot, if he has a cameraman getting um his kill shots, is gonna be way better footage as far as that. But for me, I just kind of you know try to do it because a lot of mine are solo. So, um, having the GoPros crossing behind me, um, getting that kind of view for the kill shots. I'll say with the GoPros. Um, with it being in right in the decoys, I missed very few, and I don't do it on super wide. I put it on, um, the middle setting, setting medium. And if it's placed properly and there's a wind, there was very few shots that I did not get doing it that way. I mean, very few. Mm -hmm. If it's set right. And now it might be, it might be different. Cause like, I know you hunt rivers a lot and I'm wondering if it's a little different on rivers cause rivers you kind of get trafficking flybys more often but i know the places we're setting where i just make sure that the decoy spread is completely encapsulated um with the camera and i missed very few of those so i don't know that you would need two for for that yeah probably yeah. probably not i know last year that was part of the issue i ran into was i had my cameras over there on a wider angle um wasn't sure how much angle i would need to capture the kill shots and stuff so a lot of my ducks consequently wound up kind of looking like little bugs. They're hard to <laughs> they're hard to tell they're actually ducks. So I'm going to try and fix that this year. Get the camera angle a little bit closer and narrow it better. Um, are you using 
Which GoPro are you using? Like, um, it's not. I got it off Amazon. It's like a, mm. the knockoff is the Ape Man. Okay. Yeah. See, I've used similar stuff like the knockoff stuff. And one thing I'll say, like, if you actually get a GoPro, um, which yeah, it is a little like investment, but in low light, especially, I had the same problem with the the kind of off brand. Like, they just do so bad in, go- in the low light that it looks like almost like a little black streak. It's not like. <laughs> And yeah. so that's a big difference when I saw when I, I finally upgraded because I, I went through like three of those like off brand um, Amazon GoPro knockoffs. And and then the GoPro is such a big difference. That's a good point, too. Um, last year, there was a lot of kill shots that I didn't get. You know, those the first the first light movement, it was still too dark for my my action cam that I got off Amazon. Um, so there was a lot of kill shots that didn't wind up making it into the videos due to that low lighting situation with those cameras. Yeah. How much did you pay for those knockoffs, if you don't mind me asking? No, I don't mind. Um, one of them was like a little bit lower end model, and it was like 40 bucks, and then the other one was a little bit higher end model, and it was 80, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, you can get a refurbished, you can get uh, like a GoPro 4 at this point for like 190, um, which I think is completely reasonable. I got a refurbished from Walmart for about that last year that's why i jumped at it it's like and you can get a bad. four or you can get yeah. a five for two if you get a five in like the economic package or whatever it's called like the one where you just get a cardboard box instead of the display case for 257 so you fit and and it's waterproof so you get the great audio and it's waterproof and that oh, wow. i think yeah so you go a little bit more than that i mean obviously and then a little bit beyond that you get a six so it's like it yeah. never ends but but the prices, I mean, I remember when they seemed like they're like three fifty, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So. And that was one thing I didn't know when I started doing this. I didn't know how much I wanted to invest in cameras and and you know where my where I go with my channel. Um, I think in the future I'll probably get a little bit better action cams just for just for such reasons as getting better audio. I didn't know that you said the five has is waterproof and has good audio. Yeah, I mean, if it's anytime you have it not in a waterproof case, it's going to have way better audio. Yeah, yeah. Because those waterproof cases, they only work like if they're on your head right here. Then anywhere else, like a guy talking to you five feet away, it sounds all muffled, but right here it can tell. Um, so that's the big advantage, I think, going with the waterproof five. Like, because obviously, a four, you just have a waterproof case for 12 bucks or whatever, or it probably comes with one actually. So, yeah. I was just packing up all my cameras tonight, actually. Um, so tomorrow we're heading out west to where we normally teal hunt. And we're going to, I'm so excited. Aiden, Golden Boy's dad has a farmhouse out there that he doesn't live in, but it's still furbished and everything. So we're going to stay out there. And then Saturday morning, we're going to scout our butts off and rail hunt in the morning and then dove hunt at night. So, man, I'm taking one shot wheezy with me. Have either of you guys ever tasted rail or hunted rail at all? Mm-mm. No. Have you ever seen them? Yeah, I think I've seen them out in Marshall stuff like that. I mean, they fly. I can't believe they migrate. I mean, I don't know if you remember that if you guys saw the video, uh, the tornado video where we shot a bunch of teal and Golden Boy caught that rail by bare hand in the dark. Yep. Yeah, when you were in the tent. Long yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Do you remember when he released that rail, how it flew? Like these, when you flush rail, they seem like the weakest, pathetic flyers in the world. They'll go like 
20 yards and not even fast. I mean, they look just completely feeble. Uh, and I, I don't know how they migrate, but I ate my first one last year and the rail legs are, if you like squirrel, they reminded me of squirrel rail legs. They were the most delicious. Cause I'd always wondered why in the world you get to hunt rail. Cause I mean, they're just this little weird looking bird. There's not much meat there. And then I ate some of the rail legs and I was like, this is why they let you eat rail. It is so delicious. So hopefully if I, if I, we shoot a bunch, I got to do a quick video on, on cooking rail. Cause it is good stuff. You don't get a lot of meat from good them stuff. though, do you? No. Uh-uh. That's for one person to have a full meal. You'd probably need, oh my gosh, there's not much meat on them at all. There's not much meat. On them. I don't know how many, you need a bunch. <laughs> Have you guys ever done um, teal legs or duck legs? I guess duck legs of any kind. Yeah, some. Mm -hmm. No, but I do. I do want to try that. Like I've been watching videos just over the past, like trying to figure out how to like completely like butcher a duck, even like completely feather it. I mean, I don't know, like uh, or pl pluck it, but um, I don't know if it'd be worth it. But I definitely want to try it at some point. I just I just started doing that last year. I never never tried it. Um, but I found a pretty quick, easy way to clean them. I'll do a video on it. I don't know after teal season, but um, they're really good. I was I was impressed. It's it's not like how you get white meat and dark meat with chicken. Mm. Uh, I say it's like the breast meat. Mm. I mean, well, I like dark meat anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's not a whole my, lot of, but they're good. My dad will take the legs off mallards a lot. I feel bad I don't because it's good meat. I honestly, it's a little more laziness than anything else. I know my dad takes out lizards, gizzards, legs. He goes all out. Just oh, wow. Loves it. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it always gets on my nerves when we're cleaning birds, right? This is a running fight that fumbles and I have or not fight, <laughs> but argument. I'll clean all the birds and he's just ripping out gizzards. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just cleaning this myself because I wouldn't even touch the gizzards, right? So it's like we yeah. have this assembly line of me doing everything and him taking out gizzards. And so it's always like, all right, we're cleaning them together, but you cannot take out the gizzards until we're done cleaning them because that's your thing. <laughs> <laughs> this has been going on for years between he and I about him taking gizzards out. What do gizzards even taste like? They look kind of like heart to me. They're, he takes the heart out too. I think they probably taste like heart because that's kind of what they look mm. like. Does he like the heart? I was going to actually try that this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he does. He take he takes all that stuff out. I just don't like the thought of eating a heart myself. Though. Yeah, it's a little weird to get your head around, for sure. High in yeah. protein. Yeah, but he eats all that stuff. I don't think he pulls out the liver of ducks. It's the heart and the gizzards that he pulls out. And the gizzards are really weird because it's on a mallard it's about that thick around and then you kind of have to clean it out so i think the gift correct me if i'm wrong i think he's here i believe the gizzard is where the food goes into it and then um it gets ground up inside the gizzard so on the gizzard it's got this hole in the middle of it and you need to make sure and clean it all out from what's been being ground up and then you have this circular it's really big it's it's interesting to see it doesn't look bad i'm sure it tastes just fine it's a good piece of meat I just seems like it. something my dad would be into as well. <laughs> yeah, I should off off to film him getting his gizzards out. Yeah, you should make a video about that. Gizzards and hearts and. Yeah, yeah, I should. Actually, I should. Sure. sure. Yeah. yeah. You guys both do videos. You do videos on chicken or uh, duck legs, and <laughs> and you do gizzard and heart, and I'll have extra meat. Yeah. Come come middle yeah. of the season. 
Do you, you guys, guys think uh, that? Go ahead. Do you guys hunt pigeon at all? Never hunted pigeon. Uh, How about you, Elliot? I've, heard, I've actually heard they're really tasty. If you get them outside the city, I've heard they're really good. Huh. My thing with pigeons is that I, you're gonna you if for me to hunt pigeons, you're gonna have to lay down a really good case as to why they're a pest and need to be eradicated because I'm not gonna eat them. And I don't want to just shoot them for the heck of it if I'm not going to clean, if I'm not going to eat them. So if you can make a case for me as to why they're such a pest that they need to be eradicated, which I think you definitely can in some situations. It'd be Pigeons easy. Get, yeah, I mean, they, they really become filthy and nasty and contaminate water sources and poop and crap everywhere. And and if you could convince me of that in an area, I would I would do it. But outside of that, I just can't bring myself to – kill something i'm not going to eat and i really don't want to eat one but they are a dove they're literally a dove their name's actually rock dove hmm. so if you're going to eat a dove there's probably no reason why you shouldn't eat a pigeon other than just the stigma well i mean i'd say there's a little bit of a reason and it's just because doves don't live in like the same like overpopulated state that that um like pigeons do like you find in at least in my area you find pigeons anywhere where there's a big source of cow manure and that's what they eat <laughs> so it's like the thought of eating a bird that's like literally like living in cow manure and not only that but they live inside like silos like old broken silos or old broken barn barns in like the hundreds yeah and you'll find farm farms like that and uh <laughs> that's the ones you don't want to eat like if you could find oh, just point. a few mm-hmm like like doves like you said like people do say that they actually taste good but the only thing i'd be worried about is disease and that's the reason why you eradicate them as a pest in farms where there's hundreds of them yeah good point i, I had not thought of that but anyway the reason the reason i'm asking this is because i uh I, I know of a farm that it's actually on the road I live on and every morning I drive by and there's just like pigeons like circling their, their barns and silos. And so I stopped by, uh, you know, you know how it is. Like I always like feel weird about asking for permission. Um, cause you're like, they're just going to tell me no, they're just going to tell me no. And today I'm like, you know what? Dove season is this Saturday. Um, so like, I'm going to ask like about doves and pigeon. So I drive by, and I'm like, ah, never mind. Just keep going. Then I drive by that back there again, <laughs> go by it, and I can see like the the pigeons circling and and like kids in the front yard. I'm like, they're gonna think like there's some stranger coming up, like bugging their kids or whatever. So then I go by again, <laughs> and then I'm like, screw it. Turn back around and go back to their house. And then I got permission. <laughs> so always ask for permission. Don't chicken out. You Worst they can say is no. Well, I got permission, so I'll, I'll probably, my plan is, because we got family here, um, in-laws are at, at the house, and then my sister and her boyfriend came back from South Carolina to visit, this, so I got family here all weekend. So I'll probably go out first thing in the morning for like an hour or two, and, you know, get some work for Chief. My understanding is it's really fun, and that they decoy, um, I don't know if you have, if you have the album coming in, they, it's pretty fun is my understanding did you say you've done that before or not jordan this will be my first time i've done it for like regular dove but not for uh, rock doves as elliot likes to call them <laughs> you think you'll do a video on that yeah i mean we'll see most likely that'd be interesting to watch too i don't think i've ever seen uh, a pigeon hunting video you see dove but yeah I mean, yeah hopefully i get some dove too but you know 
I, I feel for sure that I'm going to get some pigeons. The number of pigeons they have in there. They're the, the, I was talking to the farmer's wife and she's like, yeah, you can just go in the silo. I'm like, I'm not going to like walk in the bottom <laughs> of the silo with, with a shotgun. <laughs> she's like, there are, apparently there's just hundreds of them in there. And I believe it because the time I was just talking with her, they're just flying all over the place. And the farmers hate them because they crap on everything. Like you'll see it. It piles up like inches of crap. <laughs> yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah. I would have no problem taking out a few in those types of situations. Yeah, I, I just mean, need people in my area. They'll, they'll take, they'll go out to a farm like that, and they'll kill eighty in a morning, no problem, because there's so many of them. Yeah. So I probably won't shoot that much because I don't want to waste that much ammo. <laughs> but yeah, I, I hope you make a video of that. that. That's what's really gonna be fun. It's like starting now. It's like hunting videos are gonna be coming out. Teal hunting videos, dove hunting videos, new people that are making videos that we don't even know. It's just you know, it's about it's gonna explode. I know. Can't wait. Yeah. I like watching them almost as much as I like making them. So. Yeah. You know, yeah. I like that. Especially kind of in this community too, where you've got a lot of these, you know, like I got a lot of these different channels that I follow. Um, and I'll be looking forward to seeing all their videos after they start doing their teal hunts and everything like that. To make an afternoon out of it. Yeah. So Zach, are you using teal decoys or mallard decoys? For teal hunting, um, teal decoys. I got um, uh, early season hen pack last year of green wings, and then I have that's like a half dozen. Then I did another half dozen with the standard Drake hen mixture, um, and it'll probably do some blue wing decoys in there too. So I got all these white rock floaters, and um, I really want to try to use them, and and I'm excited to use them. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try this whole. Um, you know, just hen mallard decoys thing. Yeah. And I told everyone about it. Everyone's good. And I was over at my dad's house and we're certain to decoys and everything. And I start looking at the teal decoys and I just don't think I can do it. I just think I have to use teal decoys. I just, I just can't believe that having teal decoys is not going to be better than using mallard. You'll I never just know can't if you don't try it. Leave it. <laughs> I just don't buy it. It just, they look so different. I, I don't know. I knew I could, I could tell that it was going to drive me nuts to not use teal decoys. And that's, that's really why I decided, okay, we're only going to be on three or four teal, teal hunts. I'm going to use teal decoys. And because I knew it was going to drive me nuts, whether it changed <laughs> the hunting or not at all. I don't know. So you are settling with the teal decoys then? Yeah. Yeah. We may, we'll see what's in the area. Sometimes we do three or four uh, mallard decoys just on the outskirts during teal season um so i might do that but yeah we're going with teal decoys what kind of spread i guess for teal and beyond what kind of spread are you guys uh running numbers wise this year i know you got uh the white rock uh shipment in it looks like you got quite a bit mm -hmm. do you think you be running most of them all at the same time or for regular duck season or teal or what well yeah i mean probably more so regular it sounds like you'll be doing the teal it I'm going to run as many decoys as I humanly, as humanly possible, um, depending on the location. So if I can get into a place where I can set out all 21 dozen, which is basically, I think what I've got now, um, 14 dozen socks, silhouettes, and then like seven dozen of the mallard floaters. If I can get in situations where I can set out that big of a spread, I'm going to do it because I want to see, 
I think I think it's good. That will make a big difference. I, I've heard a lot of people um, are going more to more towards um, goose spreads, even for hunting mallards. So any anytime I get into a situation, whether it be shallow corn or um, shallow marshes or whatever, I'm going to try to set up as many as many of those as we can. Big spreads. I'm doing the same this year, trying to go big spreads. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's White Rock's concept is that um bigger spreads beat smaller spreads and so a bigger spread of socks and silhouettes is going to beat a smaller spread of full bodies and i don't have any problem at all believing that that's accurate that seems like it make i think that will be the case yeah Yeah. obviously location location hide and then big spread (laughs) yeah yeah in that order location obviously is number one you can kill them on the x with one decoy you know but being on the actual X does not happen near as much as we wish it would. You know, even being right on it is hard. Yeah. And it I mean, depends even, even when we were, it's, even when we were shooting all those limits last year in November, we were not on the actual X. It's hard to be on the actual X. Hmm. Yeah. I got one spot. That's always the X, but, <laughs> um, you know, and I think in a field, especially, it's hard to be on the actual X because the, the field could be the X or the adjacent field could be the X. But if you have that big spread and you're off a little, it's not going to matter. They're going to suck right in there. Yeah. yeah. What are you doing as far as decoy spreads, Zach, this year? What, what do you got? Um, well, for teal or beyond teal. How many? How, how many are you going to be running? Um, I probably only own myself about four dozen or so. We kind of, some of the guys in the group have a few more as well. So, um, we, uh, we've always ran pretty small spreads. Um, we, we usually hunt smaller water, but there's a couple of big water spots we're going to hunt this year that are new. Um, we're going to try and probably put out probably eight to 10 dozen if we can muster them up or so, but that'd probably be about the biggest spread we run. Okay. Do you think uh, we should jump into the lightning round? Yeah, let's do it. All right. If you guys uh, think of any questions, too, just be getting those ready. We're going to do the lightning round and then jump right into the Q&A, I think, right? Yep. Okay. All right. So first question on the lightning round. Um, what shotgun do you shoot? This is for you, Zach. Oh, uh, well, brand new this year. I'm going to do the uh, Winchester SX-4. I just picked that up a couple months ago. Nice. And what kind of ammo do you run from that? Um, It'll vary a little bit. For teal, I'm doing two and three-quarter inch sixes. Um, And then as the season progresses, I'll probably do three-inch threes. Three-inch threes? Yeah. What brand of ammo do you use? Also switching that up this season. Um... I was doing Federal Blue Box for years, and I'll be doing the Winchester Super X. I think this year I'm going to give it a try anyway. Nice. Why'd you switch? What made you switch? Because I'm using, I've always used the Blue Box for quite a while. What made you switch? Um, my hunting mentor told me that they were they were good, and I he he does very well with them. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a shot. So for teal season, I'm gonna give him a shot, and if I don't like them, I'll switch back to Federal Blue Box. Um, plus they're cheaper. Most people like those shells. Super X? Yeah. Yeah, I used them. I've used Super X a lot, and I've liked them. But for whatever reason, I'm switching even though I liked them. So I just I, I like changing it up, just trying different things. 
you never know if you like something you might like something better it's not that one's bad one could be a little bit better that's good like it's been a while since i've changed up my uh my ammo like i said i've shot federal blue box for years so time for change nice uh full choke or modified oh modified i mean we should improve for teal but modified during regular regular best season face paint or no face paint I'll put it on sometimes early, you know, when I'm, when I'm still have energy to bother with it. But after that, I switch to bandana or don't bother with it. Beard or no beard? Beard. <laughs> yeah. I saw some, uh, of your older photos from Instagram. I think it was, and you had a pretty massive beard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a lot longer. I didn't like cut it for a couple years, three years, something like that. Any chance of that coming back? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I like it shorter. It was really, it was getting really scraggly. Gotcha. Um, let's see. Am I missing any, Elliot? I don't think so. Zach's got such a nice full beard. His is kind of like mine. It comes clear up onto the cheeks. So he barely even needs any face paint. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Really, all it is is just like rubbing color into my hair follicles on my face, and you can't ever get it out. But. Here's another one for you. Uh, you don't have a duck dog currently. Is there a duck dog in your future? Good question. Um, not in the near future, but I've thought about it. So maybe, but not not presently. I don't have a current plan to get one yet. Nice. And uh, I guess kind of ending this off, do you have any goals or like aspirations for this season? Um. Yeah, I mean, some of if you watch my videos last year, I don't, I don't make any bones about it. Like I didn't, I was not happy with my shooting last year. It wasn't very good. So my goals are to shoot a lot better this year. I don't have a uh, number to quantify it with, you know, like what percentage wise better, but markedly improved uh, shooting this year. But I also want to try and film all of my hunts. Two, you know, two separate goals, but I want to try and film all my all my duck hunts and get them up last year. Uh, I only filmed about half of my hunts or so. That's kind of bummed about that. So, and so those are my two current goals. Nice. Good goals to have, I think. Yeah. And if you want to track your percentage so you can see a way to quantify it, <laughs> freelance hunt stats, I've yeah. heard is a good yeah. way to do that. Yeah, yeah, indeed. I just started, I started using it a little bit last year and I liked it. I kind of came in late to the party at the end of the season, but um, yeah. my goal is to try and use that uh, freelance hunt stats on uh, all my hunts this year too. Yeah, I think I will as well. And I, I used it too for like uh, just kind of hunts here or there. But I think mm -hmm. having the actual like month to month and being able to kind of um, put your stats all together instead of just seeing like the single ones, I think will make a big difference for me I being agree. more consistent. Yeah, it would be to be able to look back on that too. It, it works remarkably well on the phone. People are want or want an app for it, but it actually works remarkably well on your phone. And I've logged multiple hunts just from the blind, um, right on it. It's quick and easy. We're we're in the process of overhauling um, the design of it and adding a feature I'm really excited about, where you can just toggle and look from global statistics for everyone versus yours. So. Now, in, now it's really going to be, you can see everyone's stats, not their hunting, except their hunting locations, which will be excluded. But that it's, I'm really excited about that. That's only days away from being done. So I'm, I'm really glad you guys are using it. And 
I'm hoping that you give me as you're using it, um, honest feedback as you're doing so, so that I can improve it as we go. I'm, I'm thrilled about it though. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's, uh, you ready to jump in the Q and a Elliot? Let's do it. All right. First question. Hunter asked, what kind of dog is chief? He is a chocolate lab, uh, somewhere in Wisconsin. Any of you have any success hunting small ponds just off of big marshes, maybe within one mile? Um, you think shooting on big marshes would help bring birds to these small ponds or these small spots? You want to take that, Zach? Yeah, I mean, that's something that I'll, I'll key in on sometimes. We have some really large reservoir areas or you know, more popular marshes that they'll get hit really hard during the season. Um, but with a little bit of scouting and Google Maps and stuff like that. We can find some small areas that are public hunting. We've had some really good hunts on those little ponds just off of the large, popular, overhunted marshes where the birds seem to kind of go to once they start getting hit pretty hard. Have you guys seen that kind of thing too? Um, honestly, I haven't. I haven't um, done that as well. You know, hunting the ponds right off the marshes, but it's definitely a, an idea worth looking into. Now, I'll say what, what we what we like to do is hunt the little pools. I wouldn't call them small ponds, but the little pools that don't have as much food in them that are within just a mile or so of the marshes that have that are loaded with the food because those marshes get hit so hard that the birds start night feeding in them. And then when all the hunters go in there, they scatter to more of the places that um, don't hold as much food that people don't hunt as much. So we, we try that. We try to hunt the outskirts, which is the kind of, I'd say the similar thing of what he's talking about in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I hunt the little kind of pools that go off the river, you know, go up little creeks and you find little sections. But as far as like finding actual ponds a mile away, I haven't gone that far away. Uh, next question. Once blind outdoors, does anyone have any conservation orders in their state? I haven't I looked into it, but I don't think so. What does that mean? Um, like conservation hunts, maybe, I don't know. Can you clarify that a little bit more once blind outdoors? Next question, Robert. Good night. Have you guys ever hunted diver ducks at all? Um, I haven't targeted them yeah, specifically. Um, we will shoot a few incidentally, but never target them. Um, I would like to. I mean, there's some cool divers that you don't get an opportunity to shoot at, but yep. I haven't done it so far. If we had more redhead scop, like that actually huntable populations of them, we would. But we just don't get that many here. So we shoot divers on our on our mallard hunts. You know, I might shoot five to 10 divers a year on accident. But I, I would certainly go. I know, I know a friend that targets GoldenEye, but I'm not that thrilled at targeting GoldenEye because normally when it's that cold, um, there's a lot of other good hunting to be had. But if, if we had more of the premier divers, I would certainly target them. Yeah, I've, I've, I just get them if they come into my mallard set. Uh, you know, shot some um, hooded mergansers, bufflehead, bifflehead, whatever, whatever they're called, um, ruddy duck. That kind of stuff. Is a ruddy duck even yeah. a diver? I think it is. Um, hmm. I don't know. Is it in a class of its own? It's probably a diver. <laughs> I was just kind of thought of the ruddy as like an other. Maybe. It's just an ugly okay. duck. 
Yeah, the drakes uh, can be beautiful though. They're Brandon Titus asks, have you ever used Canada Goose decoys along with Teal Mallard decoys for teal hunting? Um, I have not, but I've set up Canada Goose because we have the same season. Um, you know, I usually kind of separate my sets, though, if I do that. Yeah, we've got no geese around during teal season, so it would be out of place. Yeah, we. Uh, I'm going to give it a try maybe that second weekend of teal season. We're in a conservation goose season, but uh, usually don't. Mm -hmm. Big Worm asks, will Freelance Hunt Stats ever add any Upland game categories? Already done. It's there. We have, so when you, when you log a hunt on FreelanceHuntStats.com, um, one of the first tabs that we ask you to do is pick a category. So if you pick waterfowl, then when you go to log your birds, you, only the waterfowl are shown, or you can pick Upland game. And so I try to include every Upland game from North America that I could. So that's already there. You got rail? I guess I should have made that more clear. But. <laughs> you got rail in there? It's there. Yeah, <laughs> nice. mm -hmm, I do. Sweet. I think I, I think I covered everything in North America. You got rock doves? Um, no, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, stump, stump I don't the know. <laughs> yeah. I'll All right. Uh, Ed asks, do you guys do any anything to get your dogs ready for upcoming season? And will you use them during till season on public hunts? Uh, as far as me, yeah, I get I, things that I get um, ready for my dog is I switch up his food during the the regular season or not the regular the off season. He just eats kind of regular uh, from the same brand food, and then uh, you know a couple weeks beforehand. So two weeks ago, I changed his food to the athletic dog. Um, I think it's called Extreme Athlete uh, from the Diamond Naturals brand, and uh, I feed that to him, gives him more protein. Um, you know, I make sure I'm working him. You don't want to skip training sessions right before. That way he's in good condition. You don't want him to, like, be in bad condition and strain a muscle, pull a muscle. You know, I had a buddy, his dog, um, pulled a hammy more or less, but uh, had to have surgery, and, and his dog was out the whole season. And then the next, you know, he, he, his dog again pulled a hammy again once he was ready. So you got to make sure your dog's exercised, um, you know, that kind of stuff, and ready to go. And also dove, dove season, um, dove and pigeon great for uh getting your dog ready for duck season what do you got elliot oh you're making me feel bad <laughs> i <laughs> i don't i don't i mean i really don't you don't do uh, anything you know i did when she was younger um but i i limp and it's i'm just scared to make her do too much and uh, before season I, I know i should be at least getting her on walks and everything but i really i really do at this point in her she just turned 11 and i don't do anything i take her out and she's good to go probably not the best idea <laughs> mm, gotcha uh once blind outdoors kind of reiterating kind of what he met from the conservation hunts i guess he's talking about snow geese um and yeah i guess we do have conservation uh, hunts for snow geese in Indiana. I'm sure. I think most states do. Yeah, we do in Iowa too. I haven't been on one, but we have it. Yeah. Yep, we have it too. I, we're getting more and more, and Golden Boy's getting me more and more into snow goose hunting because he's he loves it, loves it, loves it. But, um, so and he's got 250 socks, and and I've got another buddy that's got about 800. Um, and I happened to sit out and not go on the 62 bird day they had last year, but 
And we're getting more and more into it as time goes on. All right. That's the last of the questions. Thanks for the question, guys. Great. Um, make sure to fi- follow Iowa Plainsman for uh, his hunts coming up this season. Um, follow it's, me, it's too. Iowa Plainsman. <laughs> the full channel is Iowa Plainsman Outdoors, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's Iowa Plainsman Outdoors um, on YouTube and you can find my Instagram and Facebook, too. We do a little bit of stuff on those platforms, but mainly YouTube. Yeah. Definitely worth a follow. Def- definitely worth a follow. Make sure you hit that like button, too, um, on the live stream. Uh, you you got all is that all your plugs, Zach? Yeah, um, like I said, that's that's about it. I mean, YouTube's my main platform. Instagram, I use more too. I do some behind the scenes stuff on Instagram and then Facebook. I use a little bit. Yeah, that's good it. stuff. All right, well, is that all we got, Elliot? Well, I would just say the next time we talk, we're gonna have actual hunts to discuss. Yeah, and that is exciting. I'll have a rail and a dove hunt to talk about. <laughs> Man, I, th- this is good. It's it's here. There's no depression. It's on now, guys. Yeah, it's good now. So yeah. All righty. Well, that's all we got for the, tonight, guys. Uh, who we got? Who we got next, Elliot? Um, next week. Oh my gosh, I am so excited. We've got the main waterfowl biologist and manager of Cheyenne Bottoms, which is a historical waterfowl hunting location um, in the Central Flyway. Massive, massive complex. And we've got him on, and we're going to be talking all sorts of things about that area. And I've never been more excited than I am to to have this guy on. He just took over there. He's fairly young. And and he's got a tiger by the tail of that place. So that's going to be fun next Tuesday. Awesome. And that's on. Uh, that'll be on my channel. So make sure you head over there and hit the sub so you don't miss that one. And that's all we got. So thanks everybody for showing up, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for having me on, guys. And that's a wrap. Thanks again, guys, for joining us on another episode of the podcast and sticking with it all the way to the end. We appreciate you. We appreciate your time tuning in with us and hanging out for another podcast, guys. Make sure to check out us on YouTube, as we mentioned. All these hunts that we've been talking about, all these hunts that we're going to talk about weekly, you guys can see the full videos on YouTube, so don't miss that. Don't miss out on that. Also, do us a big favor and drop us a review on iTunes. It helps us out a ton. Anyways, guys, let's get into the season. It's coming in fast and furious. Let's go. And we'll see you guys next week.